Hey everyone, and welcome to season two of Death in Cambodia, Life in America, a podcast where I sit down with my father, Robert Chow, a survivor of one of the biggest genocides in modern history, the Khmer Rouge. He escaped to America with 10 bucks in his pocket and built a distributing company, one of the largest donut distributors in the U.S. How exactly did a poor, starving boy from Cambodia build an empire and achieve his American dream? I'm Dorothy, his daughter, and your host for today's episode. Let's dive in. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Death in Cambodia, Life in America. We are back with another episode. Last episode, we left off with Robert talking about the growth and the beginning of the fall of Golden Bake Food Products. He ends the last episode with... Something terrible that his partner in crime at the time had done to him. Essentially stabbed him in the back by doing some sort of uh, trickery with uh, percentages within the company out of, honestly, just pure greed. This episode, we talk about the fall of Golden Bake and how that really affected Robert. After we finish this episode, by the way, actually let Robert listen to a few clips of what we had just recorded this episode. And I remember kind of watching his face get a little bit emotional as he kind of stared off in the distance and he listened to his own voice recount the betrayal that he had felt when he found out that, you know, his family member had done something to him. He dedicated his entire life to this company. He dedicated his entire life. He gave up everything, family, health, towards this goal of building up this company. And it was the only time outside of recounting the Khmer Rouge. This was the the only time that I saw him almost get emotional again within the confines of this podcast. So you know that this is a soft spot for him. You know that this was honestly one of the darkest times in the America portion of his life. Let's dive in. So after then, I think, you know, and then it's uh, something's going on and, you know, partnership is not always going smooth. And then I build up quite a bit of business down south. And then... It's uh, something's happened, you know, the partner wanted, you know, taking over, uh, um, wanted to buy you out and this and that, uh, which is, uh, which is, is okay. I think, you know, at that time, uh, uh, I think I can, I thinking about my health a little bit. So, um, I know that I know that that part of your life was not okay. I know that that part of your life 
made you very depressed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that part of your life probably was the hardest time of your life, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Because it's, it's a family. The partner, it's a family. It's my nephew. Distant nephew, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's Distant in the family. nephew. Yeah. Yep, they squeeze you out because they see the future of the golden bag. It's going to be big, huge. They so can they see want. the money and the dollar signs. The dollar signs, so they push you out. Yeah. And then uh, that I was create golden bag, building up. And then the box plants called Evergreen, I built it from scratch myself. And then Mammoth. It's the uh, frappuccino powder fra blended right, yeah. blended company. Yeah, so yeah. you at this point, to clarify for everybody, Robert not only has expanded to Southern California, but he also built two additional companies in Southern California as well, both all related to the donut industry. And um, I, I guess what what was your goal? What was your goal? Now that you have conquered both northern and southern, what was what was your goal for this golden bake? The golden bake was I was my goal to build uh, northern and southern California together, and then make our own plan, mixed plan, which is we already did. We came out with a few. Your idea really was like long-term. Yes. Yes. Long-term. Long-term. Keep this company around forever. For, forever. First of all, again, you know, <laughs> that's, how, that's how crazy you know you probably were. You went into this industry. Think about it. You went from not knowing a thing about donuts at 19 years old as a mechanic, you got into the industry, and then years later, not only did you run the entire state of California, but then you were also took the donut industry and you started building companies within the donut industry. Like, not many people go in here and say, "Not only do I want to serve donuts, I want to I want to serve all the other parts of the donut." So I had the boxes and the mix, and then the and then the the, the frappuccino, and then. You know, I could see you probably could have just kept going. Maybe I want to make the icing and the cups. It's just like it's crazy oh, yeah. the the, yeah. the type of goals that you well, I think you that know, you had uh, when you have a business mind. You learn every day. You learn it from the customer. You learn it from the business that you're in. Because and as you see the opportunities. Yeah, because the donut shop not just used to make glaze. I mean, shortening and all of that. See whatever you can do because you have the market. The main thing here, because you 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 know the culture, you know the language, and all of that. That's that's advantage uh, for you. Uh, yes, it is. It, uh, everywhere, everything that are involved, I start. I I learn everything from the business. You know. You know, and that's how it's. Uh, yeah, it's probably nonstop. If it the if it, 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 if the plan work out, the partnership work out. Oh yeah, 
are going to continue to probably going to go ahead and pack your own powdered sugar. At this point, yeah, yeah. going to put put everything under under B and H label. B and H label, no, golden golden bake label. Golden bake label. Yes. Were you happy at this time before the partnership issues? Were you happy before the partnership issue? I was, yeah, I was, I was. I I never thought I'm just work toward my goal. That's gonna be benefit for everyone. I mean, it's not just for me. I mean, for everyone. I mean, I think you were, you 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 were there. I mean, the whole. Our kid were there, and then you see how I think I'm. I'm happy. I mean, you know, we see a com- the Cambodian community came in and had party, had food. We talk, we share. You know, some of the survivors. You know, and you know, we we talk about the past. You know, when we was in Cambodian and all that. Yeah, I was, I was happy. That's what that's what your your really was your your dream was right. and it was there right in front of you. Exactly. So I could only imagine how painful it was to to have that a family member try to take that away. Yes, it was so painful uh, that you never thought that's coming. You never expected it? No, no, not in a million years. So I, you know, that's why I'm go 50-50. Otherwise, I'm go, you know, 49-51. So they couldn't do anything. So they was planned when they know this business is going to take off in the next five years, going to be rich, the top. You know, uh, uh, the top distributor, the top distributors in uh, California, in California uh, beside uh, the two public distributors. I mean, the big giant. Right. Yeah. That's been around for a yeah. long time, obviously. Uh, yeah. Right. So. So they talk, they, they, they plan to buy my share 5%. So it's 50 50. They say, oh, why don't we just go ahead and sell 10% of our share of our partnership? I, I you know, I'm sell 5% and he sell 5% to, to make one, it- one of his f- friends. Yeah. I didn't really know that it was his plan. How long do you think that he has been planning this? Oh, after after five year, after five year that he know this biz, the the business is keeping growing, growing every single year. Right. So I agree. You know, they put a lot at that time. And distributor, when you when you distributor business, when it's growing so fast, you need a Pe- capital. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, it's fine. So I sold five percent, and he sold five percent to this guy here. But it ended up the ten percent, and I was my mistake too, because usually, you know, when you do something like that, you have to have a clause. They said if they, if the third person, the guy that owned ten percent, decide to sell it back, they have to give the right to me and my partner. Not directly to the partner. I didn't have that clause. Why? I didn't say that. Well, that's what, you know, that's a mistake. That's why. Well, shouldn't lawyers take care of that? Uh, 
at that time, I maybe trusted so much. I didn't really, you know, we just do, uh, you know, this is my big mistake. So when I, when I signed the contract after then for only six months, they tried to get rid of me. And then I wasn't, I was, I didn't think about how can he get rid of me? Because, you know, we got an equal seat and all of that, you know, and then that's why I talked to David, uh, the lawyer, and they look at the contract. They said, you lose. There's nothing you can do because, you know, and the 10%, he sold it to the other partner. So he now, he got what? 60-40. See? So that's why they really forced me out. When did you find out about him being 60-40, that he got it from I his didn't friend? Know, I didn't know until he really, really, he used his son to mean to say, telling me, he said, you don't have to come down here anymore. He just sent, he, he just told me. I said, what? What's going on? Mm -hmm. So now he said, I'm able to run this company. We don't need you. What? I built this company from my behind. Training you, I told him. I trained you from college. You got nothing. You told the partner directly, right? To the son. Yeah. So it's fine. So then... I went to the 10%. I said, well, I want to buy your 10%. He said, no, that's belong to the other part. That's what I found out. I said, and then I, I, I was so shocked. So I talked to attorney. He said, you better get out. Whatever he gave, he didn't give you anything. You just got out. Because you know why? He's going to go and each year, he's going to report at loss. He's able to pay himself. This kind of growth, he can pay himself one to two million dollar salary. Then he make the company losing money every year. And then right. you to keep putting money in, exactly. put money in, and he making money. Exactly. So he said, get out. He said, this, you lost this thing because you trust. This is you trust to people too much, your family too much. So get out. That's so what I the lawyer out. said. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's right there, black and white. I mean, you know, you six... 60 40 what are you gonna do you have no power at all yeah Nothing. even no even, even 49 51 you exactly. you already lost your power that's why let alone 40 60 that's why the son said you got out we don't need you anymore how did how how did that make you i can imagine like you're furious you're so I never, angry yeah, and so pissed angry. off. I can only imagine. Oh, no. I lost weight. I just depressed. I, I was so, so, so oh, oh, I just couldn't imagine. Do you remember the moment that you found out? Yes. Was it a phone call? No. I went to, uh, I went to uh, the 10% partner donut shop. I went in there and drove from here and went in there and asked him. He told me, he said, no, he already sold it to the other partner. But, and then I realized, oh, this God, was this is it, you know. So, uh, so that's why he threw me out, you know, 
Biko he already got that ten percent. What did you What did you do immediately after you found out? Oh, I I just couldn't say any a, a, a word, so I walk out from that donut shop. I sit in the car for a while. I said, "Wow, I built this golden bag from my bare hand, save his distributor, but it doesn't matter." But that's what I thought. Sit in the car. I said, "Wow," uh, I was. Outrage, and then I was thinking, I gonna go and come down here with another distributor and against him again. At that time, you know, I was I was so exhausting already. I had yeah. two stroke already yeah. to build this company to up to this point. So now they robbed me blind. You'd sacrificed everything. Everything, and then, then family, the health, family, health, and all of that. I never thought my the second stroke. I still, you know, probably listen to the doctor a little bit, but still going. It was, it was, it was hard. It was tough. It was really tough. I drove back uh, the same day, and then I believe I, I was so tired. I, it's so dangerous that you drive, and then I stopped in the rest areas and then I rest as I was fall asleep you know in the rest areas probably an hour or two and then I got home uh now it it it, it put in a family pretty tough situation because I was like a crazy guy I was like crazy crazy outrage what do know? you mean oh it's not happy and angry and got the house and it just wanted to, to destroy everything it's just everything yeah temple it's just everything that you see you just want to throw it away ever so bad it was so terrible didn't didn't go to work uh, for a couple days and then uh uh bnh up north and then uh, i drink a lot i drinking drinking and and the health is getting worse too. See, so you, you know, when you yeah. do that, it's yeah. just like. So uh, uh, I didn't tell much to everyone, you know, because it's nobody gonna help me. But I told mom, I mean, you know, so uh, that's the only person that know, and two person, a few person that know. So. Uh, uh, it took about six months, you know, and then you, you're getting really, really bad, getting fat, getting worse. And then I said, well, I want to travel. I want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to stay here. It, it's, it, it's not helping me. So that's what I went to China. I went to China quite a bit. I went to China and just hiking and just try to forget, you know, mm -hmm. so... Um, That's right. You went. You you went to Everest. Everest and mm. Yellow Mountain and all that. And then uh, I drinking, still drinking a lot wines over there. That's why it happened. You know. That's why I'm making wine. See now, I went to China. I drinking wine. The wine didn't really taste that good. So I'm thinking, is it? Oh, I maybe can make some wine sell to China. That's how, that's what was happened. So when I'm involved with wine, it released me. 
for those who don't actually know Robert in person, Robert is a big, big wino. What you heard him talk about just now is the fact that he, when he was in China, actually started creating his own wine and selling wine to China and actually creating another business out of it and doing pretty well for himself. He's always collected wine ever since I've ever known my father. And something really cool that I can share with you guys is for all of the siblings, he has a big magnum bottle of the year that we were born for every single one of us. And the idea back then was that we were all going to open it when we turned 21. Now, we're all way older than 21 at this point. We still have our bottles that we haven't opened. But I think wine has always been something very dear and special to my dad. I don't know if it's because it's something that he leans on to relax or that maybe it was something that brings him back to this particular time when he felt like he lost himself and he ended up finding a distraction that was able to help him get his mind off of what really was going on with Golden Bake. A little bit. I was realized one thing. I say, I lost this bottle, uh, bottle. But if I'm die, if I'm sick and die, he he wins the war. So then I, that's what keep me alive. When I think about that, I said I lost one war, but I don't want to lose another. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think the phrase is, you know, you lost this battle, but you don't want him to win the whole war. Right. Yes, that's right. So that's why I stopped drinking. I thinking about my health back so strong, so strong. And then I start to eat healthy. I try to calm down myself. I sometimes I took some calm that calm medications too. So but yeah. When I realized that, that then it made me turn me around. Because you don't want to give him the satisfaction of winning the whole thing. Right. Exactly. So then I keep I went to China, I hiking, and then I make wine. I came back, I make wine, I selling wine to China and all of that. And tea, bring all that. Then when I make wine, I went back down south to invite all his friends and drink my wine. And then I even invite him, he didn't show up. Then he was scaring. He said, oh, wow. He came back again. He came back again. <laughs> this guy never dies. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so happy that night and why about 15 people to taste my wine. All of his friends. All his close and friends. And they showed up. They show up. They, they respect me and he didn't show up. So, and uh, yeah, and then took picture. Of course he know. And then he see sometimes only take one small little thing the way you think it can turn you around this is so important otherwise i never sit down straight today because it was it was to hell it was so so just keep go down hell every single day that was the darkest moment of your life it's, it was the darkest in my life yeah. What were your thoughts? Disappointed. 
Don't want to leave. Why so stupid? Why so dumb? Don't want to live. Yeah, it's just like so embarrassed. So you know that it's just like why am I so stupid? You know, keep blame yourself so bad, so hard. That thing is no good. It really can can kill you. The negative thoughts can kill you. Negative thought can kill you. Yeah, it's only one night that you keep thinking, and then that's the only thing that turned me around so fast. Make me just the next day. I'm just like, I'm not gonna lose this war. I'm not gonna lose. I'm not gonna let him win this. I will turn around, keep healthy, and I might go down south again to show him. I've been in this battle. I can do it again. How was Golden Bake without you? Oh, after he uh, took over, four year, I believe, four five year, four year, I believe, four the most maybe five years, couldn't do it. So he had to give away, actually give away to business to a public company. And how was that for you? Sad. A little bit, and happy at the same time. But I built this place. That's my yes, your baby. That's your little baby yeah. that you. Yeah, from my hand. And now you know, he just gave it away. So you know that night that you invited all his friends to come and drink your wine. That was probably about a couple years after. Yes. Yes. Do you believe that they respected him as much as they respected you? No. I don't think so. That's why they showed Because up. Because everybody know. Everybody know what happened. What happened? What, of course. What the truth was. Of course. Everyone within the Golden Bait Company. Yes, of course. All the friend after that, after that, I think you know. After he gave away, after he, a lot of uh, friend called me and say, "Why don't you come down south again? We support you." You know. Reason why they didn't make it because after I left, a lot of people not supporting them. How can he do that to his own, pe own people? His own family, You're right? So, well, yeah, you cannot hide the truth. The truth is the truth. I mean, people will will know. I mean, time will tell. So he couldn't make it. See, see, couldn't make it. This is sometime. When you're too greedy, and then it will buy you back. I think a lot of listeners might be actually listening to this part of Robert's life and thinking, why is Dorothy highlighting and putting so much emphasis on exactly what happened with Golden Bake? Well, two reasons. One, it was the biggest thing that my father had amounted to in America, and everything that he had worked for had basically been to build this company to. Take over Southern and Northern both with the bakery distribution. I mean, he he started from absolutely nothing. Started from 
being a mechanic to running his first donut shop to running then 60 donut shops all throughout California and then trying to do this. But I think the second part of me highlighting this and a true motivator as to why I want to put so much emphasis on this is because I think that there is something that we can fix within the community. I think that what had happened to my father and this example of greed and jealousy within the Cambodian community and highlighting that and putting a spotlight on this example, I hope can maybe change the second generation of this community. I hope we can use this as an example of what not to do to each other. Something that that maybe the next time this comes around, we actually support each other. We actually look at each other and think how can we how can we support somebody that's doing so well instead of how can we try to tear this person down? And yeah, I can see how people may be looking at me and thinking, oh, well, Dorothy, you're just advocating for your own family wealth. I mean, I mean, it's easy for you to say and point at the other person who basically could have, you know, you would have benefited off of. But I'm not looking at, at it that way. I'm thinking as a community in general, like how cool would have been to have our own distribution company running all of California. And we totally totally almost had it. Like we could have been way beyond where we are right now had this situation had not happened. I mean, hey, I'm not trying to say that my dad's a saint here and that he's never done anything for his own benefit, but I just can't help but think that, oh my God, we we really, really almost had it there, you know? Almost. And Instead, we let greed and jealousy get in the way. How can we change that? 